right, let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Jonah. You'll go to the New Testament and back up a little ways. We'll continue our study in Jonah. While you're finding your place, let me remind you of these little uh, handbills to pass out for Neighbor Sunday. And the neighbor doesn't have to be somebody who lives right next to you. It can be anybody. Just make everybody your neighbor. And uh, I was talking to a lady yesterday, a uh, waitress. I said, here, be my neighbor. And then I invited her uh, to come to Neighbor Sunday. So get some of those. They're out in the lobby. And uh, call your relatives and friends and, and uh, some acquaintances that you have. And uh, just go out and invite some people. Some of you get together and take a street, walk down that street and pass them out and invite them to come to Neighbor Sunday. We're going to have a good day that day, and I believe God's going to bless us. So pray about it, and then not only pray, but let's work. Faith without works is D-E-A-D, dead. So let's do something along with, uh, with praying for it, all right? We're going to talk about Jonah's call today the call that is revealed and of course we all have a call which we'll talk about but Jonah's call Jonah chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 let's go back to those and look at it again now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai saying arise go to Nineveh that great city and cry against it for their wickedness is come up before me. Nineveh was a leading city of its day, the capital of that territory, but it was a very wicked city. Today, as it was then, there's plenty of harvest, but just not enough reapers, not enough workers. Uh, there were plenty of unsaved, evil people in Nineveh. It was a wicked, wicked place. But there was nobody telling them about the gospel or preaching the gospel to them. There was nobody going there to warn them and to tell them that God was going to judge them for what they were doing. So they needed a voice, and God wanted that voice to be Jonah. And so today we have people that need to hear the gospel. They need it in Fort Worth, they need it in your community, wherever you're living. And they need it all around the world. They need it everywhere. The gospel. It's hard for us to imagine that some people have not had a clear-cut presentation of the gospel, but there are thousands upon thousands of people who have no idea what it means to be saved the Bible way. And so the people are here, the people are all over the world, and we need people to go out and to help bring in the harvest. I know there are times we have ebbs and flows of harvest. We have times where it seems like more people get saved, and there will be a little time when it will ebb a little bit, but then it comes back. But there are people everywhere that need to be saved, and the harvest is out there to be harvested. But the trouble is a lot of us can relate to Jonah, uh, he just didn't want to do it. He didn't want to go out and preach the gospel or preach the truth to those people. And so the trouble is with the reapers. 
First of all, let's look at a commission of authority. A commission of authority. We sometimes don't let God control our lives. The thing that controls us probably more than anything else is our bodies. Whatever our bodies want, we try to cooperate with our bodies, whatever it may be. And uh, we don't cooperate sometimes with the Holy Spirit of God. We don't let God control us. It's called lordship. He should be in total control of my life and your life. Absolute, unreserved, total control of our lives. We should think about him constantly. We should not make decisions without him. We should live for him. And everything that we do ought to be centered around his being the Lord or the controller of our lives. Romans 1.21, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. And then in 2 Kings 17.33, Who feared the Lord and served their own gods. They feared God, but they served their own gods. And if we're not careful, we'll do the very same thing. We'll say, well, I fear God, I respect God, I know God, but then we'll serve what we want to serve or whatever is in our life that we want to do rather than what God wants us to do. And God will call the shots and not us. Judges 21:25 is the principle of reminding us every man does that which was right in his own eyes. And that's a problem sometimes we have. It's what I want, what my body wants, what, what I want out of life. What I want right now, I want the pleasure, I want all that comes to me through that. And if God is in the way, he'll just have to move over and let me do what I want to do. And we sometimes do not give him our best because of it. But the commission is a commission of authority. In other words, it's God's voice. And in our lives, God's voice should be discerned. We should hear the voice of God. Do you hear God's voice? I'm not talking about hollering or shouting out loud, but do you really think that as a Christian you are hearing God's voice? That God's speaking and you're listening and you're hearing His voice. And uh, Paul on the road to Damascus finally heard God's voice, but I think he had heard it before, but he was fighting it, fighting it, fighting it, I think he heard the voice of God when Stephen was being stoned. I think he heard God's voice other times when he looked at other Christians and many of the things that were going on. But finally, the Scripture says he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. He fell to the earth. He heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou? And he sort of answered his own question, Lord. Who are you, Lord? You're, you're the Lord? He answered his own question. So he was finally listening to the voice of God, and God was speaking to him, and so he got his attention. And then I think, as I said, I think he had heard the voice before, but he would ignored the voice. It is always wise for us to be super sensitive to the voice of God, the, the Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit lives in you. He speaks. He doesn't speak out loud, but He speaks. We know. We sense. 
Our conscience hears his voice speaking to us. We know what we should do, what we should not do, all of that. And it's wise to hear his voice. The psalmist said it in 95, 7 and 8 this way. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Today, hear his voice, don't harden your heart. And so we need to hear the voice of God. God's voice needs to be discerned. Are we hearing God? Are we listening to God? Not just the word of God or the preaching, but what God is saying to me as an individual. Am I listening to what he's saying? And then God's vision is determined. Um, the determination of what he really wants done. You ever had a situation where you had a nervous talker and either they were afraid of you or either they wanted the limelight and they just rattled on and rattled on and rattled on and minute you thought, what in the world is she saying? Or what in the world is he saying? Really saying nothing. And they just... They, they do it as a habit to do that. Very nervous talkers, and a lot of times it's idle chatter. When they get through, the idle chatter hadn't really said anything. But God's not that way. When God says something, it's not idle chatter. When he says it in his word, he means it. It's not just a light suggestion from an old grandpa. It's God speaking his word and God means His Word. And so the Word of the Lord, verse 1, came unto Jonah. It's God's Word. That makes it important. And when that comes, it should not be ignored. And yet Jonah was trying to ignore the Word of God. And uh, we need to hear that voice. Did you ever have your cell phone drop out and you were talking to somebody in a conversation and you were just, it was important to you and to that person, and all of a sudden, bam, your phone went off. And you might have thought something like this, I forgot to charge that crazy thing. And how many of you ever done that? You forgot to charge it, raise your hand. That's just about everybody has a cell phone. Or you got in an area where it just you, you lost connection with it and all of that. Those things can happen. You drop the call. But that's why we need to always listen to God and know what God wants and keep our batteries charged so we can hear what he's saying to us over the cell phone, the spiritual cell phone. And we don't need to close and get out of range. We need to stay close to him so we can hear his voice. If you don't stay close to him in his word and prayer, you're not going to hear his voice. But we need to hear his voice. We should want to hear his voice. Keep, keep our spiritual batteries charged and know that he has a call on our life and we should not drop that call. God has a call on each one of our lives. And uh, the general call is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We know that God tells us we're to go and baptize and teach all nations, teach him the very same thing he's taught us and win them to Christ. And so we know that that's what he's told us to do. And so we don't need to drop what God has said. Jeremiah 8, 8, 9, How do you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? How do we say that? Lo, certainly in vain made he it, the pen of the scribes in vain, those who wrote it. The wise men are ashamed, they are dismayed and taken. Lo, they have rejected the word of the Lord and what wisdom is in them? Question mark. Really, they don't have any wisdom. 
So we need to know that God speaks and He gives a vision of what He wants done and that vision should be carried out. And so we have a commission of authority from the Word of God. And then in that Word we have a call for action. We have a call for action. Look at what he says to him in verse 2. Three different things here that show action. Arise, number one, get up, and then go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Arise, go, and cry. Jonah, get up. Listen to what I'm telling you. Arise, go, and cry out, cry to those people. A call for action. And in other words, it's not just theory that God is giving here. God wants His people to get up and do something. First John 3:18, He says, "My little children, let us not love." And here's where we 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 get messed up in our Christianity. Let us not love in word. Oh, that's easy to do. In neither in tongue just talking about it. We do a good job of talking about it and even saying amen to it. But let us not uh, let us not love in word nor in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In deed and truth. And then he said, you know these if you know these things, happy are ye if you what? Do them. There are a lot of unhappy Christians because they know what to do, but they don't do those things. They don't do what God has called them to do, what God has called us to do. So it's a call for action. It's, it's a time to wake up. God says, get up, wake up. And so that's, that's part of it. As a whole, and not just necessarily picking on our church, but as a whole, the church today is sort of asleep. And someone asked me just before the service, uh, Joan Gibson about the church age and the, the churches in the book of Revelation. And they were literal churches then, but they depict the church age, and we are in the Laodicean age, the lukewarm age. Our church is no different, generally speaking, uh, than any other church on the face of the earth today. That doesn't excuse anything. We need revival. All of us need revival. The church of the living God certainly needs revival. But as a whole, the church is sleeping. And yet we have the power of the universe available to us. That's God who gives us the calling and gives us the power to go out and do that. In Isaiah 56.10, listen to these words. He says, His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. <laughs> they cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Well, he was describing watchmen. That would be like describing the preachers of the day. But he said he was pretty hard on them, wasn't he? He called them dumb dogs and all that kind of thing. They were ignorant. They were dumb dogs. They can't even bark. They're too lazy to bark. They're just dumb dogs. There they are. And sometimes if we're not careful, we hear all the stuff, we know all the truth, and we've been at it for years, but we just don't do much about it in, in the matter of witnessing and following through and doing what God would have us to do. The Apostle Paul set the alarm clock on this in Romans 13, 11, and 12. And here's what he said. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time 
to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we believe. The coming of Christ is closer than we think. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let's get busy, real busy, for the glory of God and not get so taken up in the darkness of this world. So it's time to wake up and then it's time to walk. Wake up and walk. And he was telling him, Arise, go to Nineveh. And so we need to walk. Romans 13, 13, and 14. Paul gave this challenge after the awakeness, and he said, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riding, not in drunkenness, not in chambering, not in wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. We can't afford to do that. Let's walk honestly as in the daytime, walking before God. We need to walk, awaken to the truth, and then what he says after we wake up, practice the truth. It's not enough just to know the truth. We need to practice the truth. We need to live what we say, live what we preach. If we don't live what we preach and what we say, then people are not going to be impacted by our lives. They're just not going to be impacted by our lives. It, it isn't going to happen. I had a man in my previous church who was always talking about the Lord and talking about and talking out in public and maybe passing out tracts, but he was living like the devil, and it caught up with him. It was no wonder those people wouldn't listen to him. It's no wonder they wouldn't come to church because he invited them to church because he wasn't living what he was saying. And that's so important to us that we do that. Before we warn others of the error of their sin, then we have to walk in newness of life ourselves. So wake up and walk, and then it's time to warn, he says. It's time to warn them. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. That has emotion in it. Cry out. Cry aloud. Cry against it. Uh, we all probably have a doctor, and we don't want a doctor that's going to pacify us and just tell us what we want to hear. I think we want a doctor that might talk to us about uh, some of the things that he thinks will help us, maybe prevent us from having cancer. He might say to a smoker, you need to quit smoking, you're going to have cancer. Or to somebody that's overeating, you're going to have heart problems or heart disease or somebody that eats the wrong things and uh, has habits in their lives that are negative habits to their body, he'll say, you should stop that or you should change that. Well, I want a doctor like that. I want a doctor that's going to tell me what it is, and then it's up to me to do what he tells me to do or not do it. I have a choice, but at least I've been told. Isaiah 58, 1, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. That's loud. Show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. We as Christians should be speaking up, telling others how to be saved, giving them the gospel everywhere we go, witnessing on the way, taking those opportunities, trying to bring the truth to people who need it. The harvest is there. The harvesters just are very limited, and that's not just for missionaries. That's for us. And so 
you may say, well, it's just not my personality to do that. Or it's not my comfort zone to do that. All right? Disobey God. That's all right. That's, that's your choice. But whether it's your comfort zone or whether it isn't, whether it's your personality, we should serve the Lord and do what He tells us to do. And the main motive is always love. And uh, Revelation 3.19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. God loves us. We should love Him. So it's a commission of authority. comes from God. And it is a call to action. And it is also a communication of agony. A communication of agony. As I said earlier, Nineveh was a wicked, wicked city. That's one reason Jonah... Some Bible scholars feel like he hated those people because when they captured people, they skinned them alive. They were mean people. That was just one of the practices they had. And it's thought that there were some relatives of Jonah that he actually, that the leadership of Nineveh had actually done that to them. And so he really had a bias against them and was prejudiced against them because of that. But God needed a person. And so Nineveh was very, very wicked. And that affected God. God was not pleased with what they were doing. And so that affected God. Many times the wickedness of others should affect us to the point of tears, to the point of telling them, to the point of going to them. And God wanted to save and give a revival to these people in Nineveh. He, uh, they had broken the heart of God and they were rebellious. And God said... In, in God's own way, in God's own heart, somebody needs to go tell them about me and to repent. And then we know later on Jonah did that, and they did repent. And a great revival took place in Nineveh. And so we need to weep and have that kind of burden. Jeremiah did, 9-1, Oh, that my head were waters, he said, my eyes a fountain of tears. God help us, we need to weep every once in a while. You know that? How long has it been since you just cried? You're on your knees talking to God or just fellowshipping with Him and you just had a broken heart and tears just flowed down your cheek and you wept and you cried. We need some of that. Jeremiah had that. Oh, that my head were waters and mine eyes a fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Jeremiah said, I'm so sad about what's happening to Israel. And we know that Jesus said in Matthew 23, 37, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Those are people he loved. Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chicks under her wings? And you would not. And we need to have a broken heart. And so this is an elevated position that he's talking about. This city was a major city of its day. It was a great city. And he says that it is, uh, uh, he says in verse 2, Nineveh, that great city. That, and it was a great and marvelous city in so many different ways. It was great in its size. It was great in its power, its influence. It was a great city. And sometimes greatness and all of those good things that come draw us away from God. That happens in our lives. We're not careful. We... we uh, take the blessings of God and God blesses us and then we take those blessings for granted. It's so easy to do that. Uh, the longer we live, as we see the blessings of God, 
to take them for granted and sort of get away from that and start leaving God out a little bit. And uh, Moses, one of the things he was afraid of with the children of Israel was their having spiritual amnesia. And he kept saying to them, God kept saying through Moses, don't forget what God's done for you. Don't forget what God's done for you. Don't forget he brought you out and he, he uh, gave you the Passover night and he has uh, redeemed you from Egypt. Don't forget it. And so you and I want to be very careful that we don't forget what he's, Christ has done for us at Calvary. Deuteronomy 8, 11, 14, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. And he goes on to say, not keeping his commandments, not obeying him and doing all of that. Everything you and I have today, I don't care what it is, is a gift of God. I mean, everything we've got, it's a gift of God. You say, well, I worked hard and I earned it. Yeah, but if you didn't have God's hair and, and he took it away from you, you couldn't earn, you couldn't earn anything. <laughs> it's, everything you have today is a gift of God, especially salvation, eternal life, but it's all from God. And uh, uh, the more it seems like, and I've noticed this as a pastor, the more God blesses people, the more they seem to become the target of the devil. Let me say that again. The more God blesses people, it seems like the more they become the target of the devil. So be very careful. Micah 6, 8, uh, uh, it behooves us to justly, uh, to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. We always need to have a humble heart and a humble spirit. And so... It's an elevated position and extreme pollution. In all of this, he talks about sin. There's always been sin in society. There's never been a society that didn't have sin. But sometimes those places get so sinful, like Nineveh, that God says something needs to be done about it. And sometimes it nauseates God. Amos 5.12, God says, For I know your manifold transgression and your mighty sins. And so... We have to be very, very careful that we judge sin in our own lives. We say, well, I wouldn't be like the Ninevites. Well, the Bible says a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. It doesn't have to be big bunches of sin, just a little sin, just something you hadn't let go of that God's touched your heart about and convicted you about in those things or something you should be doing that you're just not doing and God's touched your heart and you've heard preachers and and maybe on the radio and television or wherever, and God said, you need to do something about that, you need to listen to that, and you don't do it. And so a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. It's an extreme pollution. That's what happened there. And then an expired patience. I'm glad God's patient. I'm glad God is merciful, and he is all of that. And thank God he's long-suffering. We can all say amen to that. But... Is God convicting you of something in your life? Is there something He's spoken to your heart about through Bible reading and studying or your prayer life or the preaching, teaching of the Word of God? Is there anything that He's convicting you about, some kind of sin or something in your life? Let me suggest to you, don't keep on with that and keep trying His patience. The Bible says he will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. If we are bound and determined to
to disobey God. And I'm not just talking about those old bad things we always think of, but if he's told us to witness and share the gospel and we don't do it, we're disobeying him. That is a sin. You say, well, that's not like getting drunk. Yes, it's a sin. Sin is sin and sin and sin and sin. And if God's given us the Great Commission and told us to witness and we're not brokenhearted and we're not going to the harvest and we know he's called us like he has Jonah and we don't do it, then it's sin. And we're trying his patience. Proverbs 28:13: He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So here we have sin as the medium of exchange. Sin is a medium of exchange. And what does it trade? It trades in sorrow, disillusionment, and death. All of that. Because we have that to, to trade. And we get rid of it. And we get rid of those things. And then, of course, we know that Christ can forgive any trespass. He does not overlook any sin. But thank God He will forgive us. The wages of sin is death. One man, Reamer Loomis, said this, the wages of sin is death. Thank God I quit before payday. And that's true. And we need to keep that in mind. Father, thank you for your word today. And help us to be true to your calling. There's a world that needs Jesus. And we, you've called us to tell them. And we're just not doing as good a job of that as we could. I'm not. These folks are not. Our church is not. Christianity today as a whole is not. Change our hearts and help us to be obedient to you in that area as well as other areas that you're speaking to our hearts about. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.